Welcome to the Navigating Dental Insurance Podcast, where we don't take from insurance companies. Here are your hosts, Mr. Jordan Comstock and Mr. Ben Tuinay. Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Say No to PPO's podcast series. My name is Ben Tuinay, Jordan Comstock, my co-host. How's it going, Jordan? Doing good, man. How you doing? Oh, you know, Friday, sunny, no rain, no storms, thankfully, (laughs) you know. Grass is still it, green. Life is great. It's, it's going to be a great day today. Great weekend. It is, and I'm. Uh, I already I'm, went kayaking this week. <laughs> I've been go- kayaking every week for the past uh, two months. It's it's like on your uh, p- perpetual uh, vacation, Jordan. You know, some some of us are envious of you. I'm kind of, I'm kind of afraid to say. You know, it's great to be a football weekend with all the controversy that's going on around the country. So I'll be safe and say, uh, looking forward to college football this weekend. And that's it. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> hey, folks, we got a great guest. Uh, we have uh, a Craig Cody. He is a certified public accountant, and uh, we thought it was a, a very good idea to bring on a CPA uh, on the podcast. Uh, last a couple of weeks ago was Business Tax Day, and I scrambled to get all the stuff ready for my um, my CPA here in Lehigh, and then we have tax uh, uh, where we actually have to pay, or actually that's when I'm told that I have to pay money <laughs> when we file the personal taxes here in uh, about two weeks. So we got um, uh, Craig Craig Cody. He's a certified public accountant, a certified tax coach, a business owner, and a really cool thing is that he's also a former. NYPD officer, 17 years experience on so the force. Cool. Uh, in addition to being a CPA for the uh, past 17 years, he's also a certified tax coach. As a certified tax coach, Coach uh, Craig belongs to a select group of tax uh, practitioners throughout the country who undergo extensive training and uh, continuing education on various tax planning techniques and strategies to become, uh, as well as remain, a certified uh, tax coach, which is pretty cool. I didn't know that. Um, with uh, this organization, Craig has co-authored uh, an Amazon best-selling book called Secrets of a Tax-Free Life and recently mm, nice. authored 10 Biggest Tax Mistakes That Cost Business Owners Thousands. Craig, welcome to the program today. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Hey, I have yeah. a question. I, I want to I, I stick on the New York, uh, the, the police department thing here for a second. Yeah, so, let's do that. So when did, when did you retire? When did your 17 years end? Uh, 2000, September of 2000. Wow. So you, you missed 9-11 then. Just yes, the I was a year. very lucky person. Wow. wow. That, that's amazing. That's pretty, yeah. So a lot of people know on the podcast that I actually used to work for the uh, Maricopa County Sheriff's Office in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Um, not, not 17 years. I was, there, I was there just for a couple of years. And so I have that uh, uh, small police background. And it's kind of interesting in the, in the dental industry. You don't run into a lot of people that are either reserve officers or that have worked in the force as full-time sworn officers. Uh, do you mind sharing any uh, interesting or fun experiences you think the <laughs> listeners might want to know that uh, you dealt with as a police officer? Guys, I just lost your audio. Oh, let me... Let me... But uh, I, I guess one of the... I don't know whether... Other people would consider it interesting. One of the, uh, this is going way, way back to when I was a cop in Midtown. This was way before, um, this is probably in like 1986, 1987. I was in a Jordan, plain I didn't clothes. hear a whoa, Jordan. 
I, I was just going to do it, Ben. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, you guys, yeah, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, myself, am yeah, I not? Jordan wasn't born then. Or were you born, okay. Jordan? <laughs> I, I was born. I was born. <laughs> I'm just joking. Sorry, sorry, Craig. That's go, okay. Go That's okay. So, so I, I was I was in a, a plainclothes anti-crime unit, and uh, I was on patrol with uh, my partner at the time, Tommy Mullen, and we were riding around in New York. We had a, a, a New York City taxi cab that we drove around in. And uh, we came across a group of probably about 75 kids that stretched the block and a half um, on, I think it was probably Park Avenue in Midtown Manhattan. And they were just going up to people and just pushing them against the wall and grabbing their wallets and moving on. I mean, there's oh, just wow. so many of them. And, it, you know, we were calling for help from basically all over the borough because we wanted to try and get as many of them as we could. And, and we were just going up to people and asking them for their business card after they were robbed. I mean, they weren't getting hurt. They were getting roughed up a little bit, but no one was in grave danger. So right. we were just trying to contain the whole thing. So, I mean, they even did a, they did a priest, you know. <laughs> uh, finally, like, enough was enough, and we had to kind of interrupt Losers. this thing. And we got into a, a, a foot chase. They, they scattered. There was two of us, and it was probably over 50, 75 of them. Wow. And they scattered. And I happened to be in pretty good shape at the time. Um, so I, I got into a foot chase and I was going after one guy and I had, you know, I mean, this was, people saw this huge crowd of people running and stuff like that. And I had people jumping out of that car and said, I'm a FBI agent, go get that guy. And so finally I caught up to the guy after I'm putting a foot pursuit over the radio and mm -hmm. people telling me afterwards, they could see I'm running out of gas. Okay. I finally catch the guy in like a bodega somewhere. I think it was a Chinese bodega. And I'm wrestling with the guy. And like I said, I'm in pretty good shape. And these are all high school kids. Right. And I finally almost get control of the guy. And some guy walks in off the street and starts giving the guy a noogie. Okay. And telling him, <laughs> you can't do this, but I can. So it turned into a, you know, we wound up arresting about seven of them. And we went to trial and um, they got convicted. But that was a long time ago. So that was, that was interesting. You know, I don't know how exciting it might sound, but it was interesting. Hey, It took me uh, yeah. to... Two and a half days to process the arrests. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah. you know, anything... What, what does it usually take to process an arrest? Well, well, back then, it would take you probably about 16 hours to process an arrest. Wow. You know, remember, this was kind of before they were real computers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I must be using one of those computers today, you know, the old ones. <laughs> it seems like that, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty good. That's pretty cool. My nephew's in the police academy right now up here. He's going to be working for the Provo Police Department. But he applied everywhere, and I told him, come here. There's, there, you know, I'm Polynesian, and there are Polynesian problems all over the state of Utah. And, uh, yeah, he got hired. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the Amer one of my old neighbors, he used to be the ch chief of the American Fork Police Department, and he kept asking me to join the reserve program, and my wife kept saying no, no, no. Uh, so now that my um, now that my nephew's in the, the police department, uh, I think I'm going to – Go back and renew and and go through uh, the renewal process because I let the I let my certificate expire and I love I I just love the what's involved with police work it's really fun you know it's not as dangerous as people uh, make it seem to you see all the bad videos on on YouTube and uh, on the yeah. internet but uh, it's actually a very it's fun actually uh, a employment yeah ninety nine percent boredom one percent that's know, exactly right <laughs> <laughs> that's funny you know it's so funny like when people ask me. Um, and I, I want to ask you, like, I don't know if in New York you did any, because um, what we did in, in Phoenix is, you know, we were mainly chasing tail lights and just responding to calls from dispatch. Um, but from time to time, you're just, you're, you're, you're just have it's so bored that you just, 
you chase after the speeders and um what was your did you do any of that did you did you do any like uh street street patrol or uh what do they call it two 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 five is that that the assignment uh, i don't know if that's the uh, same <laughs> no it was just uh you know i i, I mean when when I first got on, I walked the footpost in Times Square, and at the time, this is like when I tell people now, they're like, there was six of us on one side of the street between Seventh and Eighth Avenue, and there were six people on the other side between Seventh and Eighth Avenue, and there were still people getting robbed. Wow. You know? wow. Uh, so you know, uh, it was definitely different. And my my actually my son is a, actually a third generation police officer. Wow. So my dad was awesome. a my dad was a cop for thirty three years, and that's kind of what brought me into it. And my son. Uh, followed in the same footsteps. Well, that's cool. And, and and what brought you to become a CPA CPA after after being a policeman? Well, before I became a cop, I was an economics major. I was always oh. kind of into business, and um, you know, uh, as looking forward towards retirement, I said, you know, I need to have something to do, you know, make money, support my family, and um, I like taxes, and uh, I went back to school for accounting. Right on. Well, That's we awesome. we like you because we hate taxes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> uh, you know, it's it's kind of all about keeping more of what you make and doing it legally. Yes, yeah, I love that. Yeah, so you got a book, uh, "The Secrets of Tax Free Life." Uh, I already like the title of it. Um, before we go on to any other questions, could you kind of summarize what you say in that book, if 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 you haven't like an overview of it? Well, I, I co-authored this with about nine other um, uh, people I know. Oh, so, cool. My chapter was kind of about, you know, how to make your child's cleats tax deductible. One little thing about having child's dealing cleats. with your kids yeah. and stuff like that. That would have helped but, with um, my I'm, parents. They had 11 kids. You know, that's a lot of cleats. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> small, exactly. <laughs> but um, my most recent book, which I'm actually going to offer your readers, I mean your listeners, if they'd like it free, is uh, The 10 Most Expensive Tax Mistakes That Cost Business Owners Thousands. And... Um, there I go into a bunch of different things uh, that can save people money. You know what? That That is a huge offer. I'm actually excited to read that because, um, you know, as a small business owner, you're paying so much in taxes and you, you got to think, gosh. You got to be strategic. When, when you fill up at the gas station, you're taxed. When you buy groceries, you're taxed. Everything you do, you, when you hire an employee, you're taxed. And I was doing the math the other day and... I think the money that I spent in taxes in 2016 was over 50% of my income and over 50% of the business income, I think. And it just makes me upset, you know, that we have to pay so much in taxes. And unfortunately, we don't get too much of what to say other than voting for the politicians that spend the tax dollars. But <laughs> it's just so frustrating. Which <clears throat> So just to explain to the listeners the reason why we have Craig on today. Uh, Craig, so we our podcast is... Uh, navigating dental insurance and the main thing that we focus on is how to reduce those dental insurance write-offs as, as a as a dentist or a physician or a doctor of any type when you participate with an insurance carrier you're required to accept a discount or a negotiated discount and so consequently when when you provide treatment you're writing off um, a bunch of money uh, in order for you to be a PPO or an in-network provider with a lot of these plans so what you're talking about here is the tax planning. You 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 would incur uh, a, a huge um, uh, tax liability. In 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 essence, you're taking a, a discount on the PPO write-offs or PPO discounts, and then those and then the income that you earned is an additional tax, additional money that that you don't get to keep. And so, <laughs> our podcast is all about 
how to help the doctors be more efficient when it comes to dealing with dental insurance. But we're going outside of the topic today because I feel like this is key and important because, you know, taxes isn't a fun thing. If you're not, if you're not set up in terms of the right business and knowing what the right write-offs are, you know, you're losing thousands of dollars as a dental business owner. So what is proactive tax planning and how, how can people um, uh, maximize it? How, how, how can people maximize your version of tax planning? Well, they, they can maximize it by basically planning and communicating with their tax professional. So most people do not communicate with their tax professional. And un unfortunately, um, most tax professionals aren't communicating with their with their clients on a regular basis. You know, most CPAs are really good at they're putting the right numbers in the right boxes. They're being very compliant but they're not being proactive. It's almost like they're looking in a rearview mirror and recording history instead of making history. So mm. we like to, we, we want to have our clients plan, okay? And you people spend time, they, they research a car, they research things that they're going to spend a lot of money on, but nobody is really doing, or a, a large portion of the people out there are not doing any planning when it comes to taxes and how, how mm. they can save money. Yeah, I, I think I uh, could agree with that. I mean, my CPA only contacts me maybe three weeks before September 15th. <laughs> you know, we automatically file an extension. I don't know if, the, if you do that with your clients, but like as a business owner, how do we get CPAs? You know, uh, I'm sure you'll get a lot of people do, yeah, calling you and, and you can you can help resolve that communication issue. But as a business owner, where we only have um, control over what we do, what's your recommendation there? How do we initiate communication, or or what should be we what should be communicated to the CPAs? Well, I mean, you should have an ongoing relationship with your CPA, and what we do is um, once we get our clients set up, we actually do a monthly call, and we usually set them up via WebEx or Zoom, and we go over their profit and loss and their balance sheet every month. And it's not just to look at the numbers, it's also to see what's going on. Because if we know what's going on, we can help them plan and optimize the tax benefits from whatever they're going to be doing. Um, so it's it's that communication is key. We send them a link, they opt into the link for a date and time that, they're, they're, that works for them, and then we have that call. And because we're able to do it you know, from our office via Skype or WebEx or something like that, and they're able to do it from their office, we're not wasting anybody's time. Right? Yeah, that's Nobody's nice traveling and from point A to point B. Um, and the, the client gets a lot of value out of that. Yeah, I, I would imagine they get tons of value because, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like, I, I always have tax questions for my accountant and sometimes, well, I got a cell phone, so he lets me text them, but... Um, yeah, I would love to have like a, a monthly meeting. I think that's the super beneficial, especially in, with with dentists because they they get so bombarded and so spread thin throughout each month, and they don't have much time to go look at their their uh, profit and loss and, and balance sheets. You know, so I think that's a, a huge benefit that you guys do uh, for your clients. Yeah, no, it, it works for everybody. They're happy, and um, we make sure they stay on track and they save their tax dollars. Awesome. So, um, what is the biggest mistake you see small business owners making regarding taxes? Uh, and maybe, do you have any uh, examples that maybe you see dentists making as well? But 
Answer the, yeah. the just the generic one first, and then if you have other examples of so of the dentists. generic is um, is one of them we talked about is failing to plan, okay, mm -hmm. and uh, the second really is the choosing the wrong business entity, okay, um, you know typically what we see is you know somebody starts a business and it could be a dental business mm -hmm. and they go to the attorney and the attorney says okay um, uh, we'll form an LLC, okay mm -hmm. that that attorney happens to like LLCs. Um, or we're going to form an S corporation, or you know what, you could be a sole proprietor. It doesn't make a difference. And they operate out on out of these entities, and there may be a better structure for them to be operating out of, which can be more tax efficient. So th those are the two big problems: failing to plan and choosing the wrong business entity. And it it goes. Dentists are business owners just like everybody else. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. I, hate, I hate to say it, you know, because I see there's a lot of people that consider themselves uh, dental specialist CPAs. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, they're just, a, you know, they're another professional out there that's in business for himself and, yep. you know, herself. And eventually they may be looking to buy real estate to operate their practice out of or buy other businesses such as other dental practices. So, um we like to treat them just like every other business owner out there. You know, give them all the good advice and um, help them do the things they want to do and do it awesome. in a real tax-efficient manner. Yeah. Let's stick on that for a second here. So the, biz the business entity type, like I'll, I'll, I'll let you know how I set yeah. up my business or at least how I was advised to set it up. <clears throat> so I, I created an LLC for my business. So Veritas Dental Resources is an LLC. And my attorney advised that, well, you can't be an employee of your LLC, so you're going to have to have that LLC owned by an S-Corp. And the S-Corp is designed to be a parent company, and I told him that I'm going to have multiple businesses that I'm going to own. Um, and he said the S-Corp would be a great umbrella, a tax umbrella for all the other, um, all the other uh, LLCs that I'll own. So I'm, I now can be an employee of my LLC without penalty, and I don't know how all the laws work with taxes and all that stuff. But and I'm assuming each state may vary, right? Yes. The rules in each state as far as you know, legal entity and what you're allowed to be based on your legal entity is, is different. Gotcha. So with that, state. I'm seeing that common in dentistry, though, where they have an LLC or PLLC or PC, and then they have an, an S-Corp, just like I do, that's over it. I mean, it's like the umbrella organization. Is that how it's set up for you, Ben? Yeah, I don't know how it all works, but you know, the income that I get, let's say from another company that that I that's not tied to what we do at Veritas, uh, you know, we we set up an, a separate LLC and earn money off of that. So the 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 main S corp has either one hundred percent ownership in the LLCs or a shared ownership, but the LLC the the S corp is what we use for our filings. Uh, you know, my uh, tax filings. That's I don't know how it all works, but in the end, I, and I don't honestly don't know if I'm doing it efficiently. Like how how can um, how can biz, business owners use their CPA in a way to to make sure that your structure is right and that you're maximizing yeah. every single tax write-off opportunity that's out there? Well, you need to communicate with them, you know, and and they need to communicate with you. And if you're trying to communicate with them and they're not communicating with with them, you know, there's a wonderful thing out there called the internet. And you need to find somebody that's going to, you know, be able to communicate with you because um, it's, like I said, it's all about the communication and the planning. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's see. So, um, next question I have here, no worries. Uh, how can uh, 
business owners use their CPA to their advantage? I'm a broken record here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a good thing. We need you know, we, we learn by repetition. <laughs> you you want to let give him information, okay? Communicate with him so that they can you know really help you plan and figure things out so you can be more efficient and keep what you make. So it is a broken record, but it really does come down to, you know, keeping the lines of communication open. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. I mean, um, as a business owner, I don't – sometimes I don't know where to start, though. Like, I, I don't know what to communicate to them other than – I mean, they have access to our QuickBooks. Um, like, what, what should you be communicating to them in terms of um, – like things that would affect taxes, for instance. Right. So what you need to communicate is things that you want to do. Hey, you know, um, how can I how can I make this tax deductible legally? Okay. Um, can I pay my kids? Is that legitimate? Um, can I set up a medical expense reimbursement plan? Mm. Um, am I allowed to have a home office? How does that work? Um, does a home office allow me to write off other things? Um, you know. What is, you know, just is, how do I maximize all the different things I'm doing so I get the greatest tax benefit that the law allows me to do? Yeah. yeah. Do, do most CPA firms have bookkeep, uh, bookkeeping services um, or, or, or bookkeeping separate from a CPA firm mostly? Well, I mean, uh, it depends on a, on a firm, okay? Um, I would say the, the ma vast majority probably do not have um, bookkeeping services. Um, we actually have a bookkeeping service that we offer. When we work with a client, um, we do we do everything from A to Z. Yeah, and, and I think uh, awesome. yeah, I think that's key because wouldn't you want to know? I mean, I'm just trying to think about how to help our our listeners. Even from my perspective, if my CPA is also doing my bookkeeping, I'm sure when they see an expense, they're going to want to come to me and learn more and say, "Hey, they'll ask." Well, um, I used to have a bookkeeper. Um, and I'm thinking about rehiring him who did all of my bookkeeping. And he would always ask me, he was a CPA, but didn't do tax work. He, all he just, all he did on the side was bookkeeping, bookkeeping is he right. would ask me a million questions about an expense. You know, you, you, you're claiming it as this, what, what was it for? Did you do this? Did you do that? You know, who was involved? And then he would go in and categorize it as a certain expense in, in a, uh, expense category. So, so in terms of communication with your CPA, is that along the lines of what you're talking about in terms of, you know, asking questions about certain expense statements that come off of your business credit card and right exactly and those are those are conversations that we have you know during our monthly meeting you know sometimes we will send an email or some, or a text depending on how we communicate with that person but you, those are definitely those open items you have and if you don't communicate with the person until february or march and he has these questions are you really going to remember what you did last january that, no yeah. i can't remember what i did last <laughs> so uh, I, yeah, I I, rem I can remember what I did in like 1986. Okay, well you're one of the uh, lucky few. <laughs> I'm right? just teasing. But then again, you weren't born. You weren't around in '86. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so <laughs> go ahead, Ben. No. Sorry. So the message I'm getting here, I think, which is a key one, which is something that I don't do. I don't communicate with my CPA regularly. It's no, maybe I need to get better at that. It's once a year or twice a year. <laughs> Um, but I do communicate with my bookkeeper almost daily, and uh, in terms of how that translates over to the CPA side, I don't know. But the the biggest question I have in my mind now is, am I utilizing all the legal tax write-offs that that are available 
for my type of business structure? And my guess is, is probably not. Probably not from, you know, <laughs> based on, you know, my six years of doing tax planning, I would say, I don't think I've come across anyone that's been doing, you know, even um, the basic things. And you want to talk about some of the real basic stuff that people should yeah. be doing? And, yeah. You know, I, I uh, want to, yeah, I want to know. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we've talked about and beat it over the head, failing the plan and the wrong business entity. Okay. And I mean, I think a, a, a ground ball should be the retirement plan, right? There should be some kind of retirement plan. Mm -hmm. It's also a good way to keep good employees. Um, how about, you know, hiring your kids when they're old enough? I mean, you know, we typically don't recommend that our clients hire their kids until they're at least 11 years old. But there's actually the tax court has upheld uh, hiring your children as young as seven. Oh, so All one, right. yeah, so two more months my for my son. Getting a job in a few yeah, years right. So, so and, and <laughs> no more slave labor, Jordan. <laughs> the way that works is, let's just say your your your, your child's going to ski camp, okay, and it's going to cost you three thousand um, dollars. I'm just making up numbers. That's here. an awesome and, ski camp. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Or a private school. Let's just say yeah. a private school, and it's going to cost you $6,000. So let's make that expense deductible. Let's put that kid to work. Let's mm -hmm. document what that kid is doing. Let's pay them, say, $500 a month. Okay, they're coming in every Saturday, maybe a couple hours during the weekend. There's something that they're doing, and they're paid reasonable compensation. And that money goes into their bank account, and the dentist now gets a deduction for what they're paying the child. Oh. And the child doesn't make over the $6,500 number, so he pays no taxes. And then the school debits his account every month or once a year for the tuition. So you just turn that tuition into a tax deductible expense. Wow. So if you have two kids, you know, that could be, you know, six, ten thousand dollars $10,000. You know, um, another thing is the home office, all right? You know, oh, yeah. We both have home offices, so let's hear this. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, home office alone doesn't give you a huge deduction because some of that stuff you're writing off already such mm -hmm. as your mortgage interest and maybe your real estate taxes but you get to deduct a portion of your utilities but the big thing it does is now if you spend the right amount of time in that home office which is around 14 hours a week okay it's considered by the IRS a bona fide home office now anytime you go to your other place of a business may, might be where you actually operate in the chair okay mm -hmm. that travel is deductible Right. Oh, wow. it also that's it cool because I have a I have a home office and I have a, a an office in another city where my my employees meet as well so I can deduct my travel yes as long as it's a bona fide office in your home the yep. other thing it does which is you know even better than that is it allows you to have what they call an on-premises athletic facility oh for, nice which that's for the use of your employees and their and their families so that could be a home gym or it could be a pool. I'm getting a pool. <laughs> Me too. I was just thinking that. <laughs> Upgrading, selling this house and going, by, going to buy a bigger one with a pool and a gym. No, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, so, so those are you know, two of the you know, ones that you know, are interesting. You know, the, gym, the gym and the pool are, are really cool. Um, and it's tax code says you can do it. What about a hot tub? I want a hot tub. If it's a pool and it's for the use of your employees, yes. Okay. So, so can your spouse be an employee then? Like, uh, yes, she can. if she's she, not a, she... like a stay-at-home mom, and you can use the the child employment strategy. Of course, they come in and contribute with the business. Like my wife helps me write articles. You know, I don't. Yeah, my wife does too. Yeah. And I don't pay her right now. Why well, I haven't never paid her because she kind of owns all the money anyway. You know how that goes. But uh, <laughs> but you can so, use that strategically, right, Craig? 
Right, and and now she's doing work for you. So let's just say you have a four hundred one k plan. Mm -hmm. All right. So now you pay her say twenty thousand dollars a year, and she puts eighteen of that into her four hundred one k. Oh. So e even even though um, you still have to pay FICA tax on that, which is about fifteen percent, we find most of our clients when they do that they save about thirty five hundred dollars a year anyway. After you know after all the FICA tax etc. Gotcha. You know, the another question that comes to mind, <clears throat> this is something that we hear um, after um, that one year that Mitt Romney was running against uh, Barack Obama and uh, Mitt Romney's tax returns came back and I think he was paying, <laughs> he paid like in the range of 10 to 13 percent. And um, back then, a lot of people were like, well, how do we get the Mitt Romney tax? Do you remember that, Craig? Do you recall? Yes, I, I, I I'm old enough to remember that. <laughs> hey, that was like oh, only four not. years ago. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm old. Yeah. I wasn't born yet. <laughs> so, so how? So, somebody that says, "How do you gain access to the Mitt Romney tax? How does that actually work? How 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 come he was taxed at such a low amount legally? Be because he he had acquired so much wealth that most of his income was coming in the form of capital gains and dividends." Which are taxed so like that passive income from like real estate, like rental properties, things like well, that, right? No, more like uh, dividends from from, business. from oh, okay. businesses and stuff like that. That you know, are taxed at a lower rate as of today. So, yeah. um, cap capital ga gains is taxed at a lower rate, right? Than than a, like if you're W two'd. Correct, long term capital gains. So on sale, like your stock or a stock in his companies that he owned yeah. and stuff like that, or dividends from those companies. So, so yeah, that actually sounds like a good idea, Jordan. We need to look into that because essentially, essentially, <laughs> if you're living off of the dividends of the businesses that you own, you're you're taxed in that category, right? That right, that much lower. For, for for let's just think about it for me and you, okay? Yeah. yeah. Um, in order, if if you own a co your own company, in order for you to have dividends to pay, you have to have income, and that income on that corporation, depending on where it is, is taxed around 39%. So it's kind of not a good strategy for your own business maybe, but if you have a huge, very large stock portfolio, that's where it really helps out. Mm, I, I see, like owning like 20 different businesses and uh, or at least being partial owner, owner, having partial ownership in them, that, that type of tax strategy would work better, is what you're saying? Right, it, it could work better, yes, correct. Yeah. Okay. If Typically, I, so, oh, go ahead, sorry. Typically, that that's a corporation. That's a very large corporation, and they're paying their own tax, okay? And then they're dividending money out to their shareholders. Gotcha. Okay, I see. Yeah. Not, yeah. not a closely held corporation that me and you might be thinking of. Gosh, okay. the government will get their money either way, it sounds like. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, everybody's going to get taxed. Yeah, they'll find out how yeah. to tax you, and they'll get the money. So I got a, I have a question that I've been thinking about quite a bit about taxes. Um, so I've been thinking about buying rental properties. And is there a way that my business could use that as a write-off to buy those properties? Or is that just out of, out of the question there? Yeah, no. It's a, when, you, when you buy real estate, uh, mm -hmm. typically we recommend it being held in a separate entity anyway. God forbid okay. something happens. Um, and you don't get to depreciate that piece of real estate the way you normally would depreciate a piece of equipment, where if you spend $50,000 on a piece of equipment, you can write the whole thing off the first year. Mm -hmm. That doesn't normally work with real estate. Okay. Um, but there is stuff that when we have clients that are buying real estate, 
Um, typically, let's talk about residential real estate. It's depreciated over 27 and a half years. Mm -hmm. One thing we'll recommend is we'll recommend maybe uh, what we call cost segregation study, and that allows you to take more depreciation up front. So you okay. get the deduction sooner, and that dollar in your pocket today is worth a lot more than it is in 27 years. Mm -hmm. So you want to look at the different things you can do if you own real estate. Um, yeah, very interesting. That's, and yeah, then, that's something. With, with a lot of dentists, they own, they own the building. Yep. Okay, and then you want to make sure that's being done correctly. Um, yeah. So typically, would a dentist, if he owns his own building, would he set up a separate LLC for his own building or whatever entity he he is recommending? Typically, that yeah, from a from a uh, a protection asset protection side, mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense. And you know, rental income is not subject to self employment tax, so it doesn't hurt you there. Um, and then you just got to make sure you're depreciating it the right way, and you're taking advantage of what you can. Um, and we've we've seen a number of mistakes even when it comes to that where, you know, they're generating a loss in their piece of real estate mm -hmm. and a big gain in their regular dental practice and they're not allowed to take that loss in their piece of real estate um, when legitimately if they made a certain type of election, they could take that loss. Yeah. Like, uh, what's the election? I'm, I just heard this the other day. Yeah, um, it's basically treating it like... Even though it's two separate structures, mm -hmm. treating it like you're making an election to treat it like they are really one operating entity. Okay, that makes sense. Awesome. Well, um, go ahead. No, Craig. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so there are three main things that you focus on: tax planning, certified tax coach, and then the CFO services. We haven't even talked about CFO services or that uh, CFO as CFO aspect of growing a business. Can you explain what that is and how that that would benefit practices because looking at it from the perspective of a small business owner, the question in my mind becomes at what point in the business do you need to have a CFO, a CFO in general, a full-time or a part-time yeah, CFO? And, so, and then what, what, what is the role of the CFO in terms of growing the business? So most, most dental practices aren't going to need a CFO. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, they need, they need a proactive, you know, CPA, tax preparer, tax accountant, but they don't necessarily need a CFO until they get to the point where maybe they have multiple practices. And at that point, you know, you could justify uh, a CFO. But what we do with some of our dental clients is we'll take, we'll, I don't even want to call mini CFO services, but we'll take care of uh, some of the accounts payables and stuff like that for them. We'll set them up with a system. So, you know, it makes it real easy for the dentist to pay bills and stuff like that. So, doesn't have to worry about writing checks. It's almost like he logs in, he checks a box off, and he authorizes a bunch of bills to get paid, and then you know he doesn't have to look at it till next month. So that's a service that we build into uh, with some of our clients. That's pretty cool. I'm personally very interested in this because uh, knowing what I'm going to have to pay in taxes here in a couple of weeks, <laughs> and just the CFO aspect of the business. You know, I I don't need a, a full time CFO now, but. Gosh, it would be sure nice to have somebody that would come and look at the numbers and help us coach and, and help us um, figure out strategies for growth, you know. Um, but the whole planning aspect of the business financially is something that I think is lost in a lot of small business owners that uh, don't have the revenue to hire full-time you know, people to, to help with money, you know, controllers and things like that that big businesses have. Um, so, so this is pretty interesting. So you mentioned that you're, you do have that book, the, the 10 biggest mistakes uh, that cost business owners thousands of dollars. 
How can doctors get access to that if they're interested in reading it? So if they go to our website, which is um, craigcodyandcompany.com, and if they go to forward slash um, PPO, okay. there'll be a link there for them to just fill out, um, and then we'll get a notification, and um, we'll send that book out. All right. Oh, awesome. Perfect. So they can also they can also reach out to us via email, which is um, my email is Craig at ccodycpa dot com, and our phone number is five one six eight six nine four zero five one, and I'll give you all that for the show notes, um, so you have a link they could actually just click on and take them to the book. Yeah, absolutely. We'll post all that awesome. in the show notes, and then and then Craig, you're taking clients nationwide, right? There's you're not limited to any to certain states. If a doctor is interested. Like we are, I'm. I'm really interested in how you can yeah. help. So, we have clients uh, as far away as Oregon. We have them on the island of Puerto Rico. Um, oh wow! So uh, yeah, we we actually have clients pretty much all over places. I never thought we'd be doing business in. We're doing business in. So so one of the last questions I have a lingering question. I know that a lot of people are thinking is the money that you would spend in a tax coach. What's the advantage in terms of what you can help them save in taxes? Are you always ahead so, of the game? Oh, so when, when we do a tax plan for someone, okay, we're looking for their first year ROI, which is return on investment, to be at least around the high threes, 400%, and that's first year. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So you multiply that over five years, and, um, you know, so it's it's way high, and that's just based on our initial assessment. And um, Yeah, I'm, I'm going to call you. Because uh, I, I, so far, this kind of feels like a job interview for you. Well, Jordan and I kind of asking you questions <laughs> that because we're interested, you know. That we're interested in. I mean, I love Larry. He's he's our CPA here. But the reality is, is I don't really get this type of advice. I don't get the 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 urge to hey, you got to communicate with me on this stuff. And yeah, uh, I think that's important. Oftentimes, like the conversation I had with Brent a couple weeks ago is Ben. This is what the IRS is going to look for. So Brent had me raise uh, the number, the the dollar amount that I re that I claimed to to paid myself on a salary basis, and it's mm -hmm. going to increase my tax liability by five thousand dollars, and I don't really like hearing that because that's money that just goes straight to who knows where. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I right. hate hearing well, that. <laughs> well, you know, you know, like I said, most accountants are really good at putting the right numbers in the right boxes. Unfortunately tax planning for most accountants is just what you just said. Okay, you need to make this payment. We, we figured out how much money you made. You need to make this payment. Um, and, you know, there's more to it than that. It's, you know, let's figure out, you know, we will have to pay taxes, okay, but yep. let's let's pay the legal, you know, minimum that we have to pay. Yeah, and, yeah, I feel like my accountant's been really good with that with me, and he's a... Um, and I, and obviously I'm I'm pretty proactive. I I I am I read tax books. I'm kind of boring. <laughs> uh, and uh, do you um, have a pocket protector? <laughs> no, no. Do you? Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, no, and I, I have. Actually, a I also have. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I also have a bone sore hanging up in my uh, office. <laughs> but I don't do. I don't do amputations. <laughs> no amputations. Uh, okay, good. Um, yeah, I, I actually am very fascinated with uh, uh, tax strategy, um, and, and I've, I've read a couple of books, and and I've uh, communicate to my my tax, uh, my accountant, right, my CPA about you know strategies that we can do. But I, I actually love this topic, and I love finding ways to be str more strategic about it. It's 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 kind of a little passion of mine on the side. <laughs> Why haven't you shared any of that with me, Jordan? 
Come on, I'm man. I'm sorry, Ben. <laughs> you got to read Craig's book. I'm sure he'll. Give I you actually some awesome am. Advice. <laughs> I actually am. I'm. I'm very interested because uh, this is just a big pain point. At the end of the year, you know, I pay more taxes than I pay bonuses to the employees, and it's just sad, you know, because yeah. that that's money that goes and pays for my 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 cousins that work for the government, but also I, I'm just frustrated with how the government spends money. And where all the money goes and the lack of accountability on all that and i just get frustrated that's at a certain point there's there, there's a certain point of where i think that this is a fair tax but mm -hmm. i just think all around for the last several years of being in business i know i've overpaid oh craig by the way last thing i'll share 2008 i was taxed 130 percent of what i actually earned well, irs wouldn't let it go how does that happen <laughs> i have Holy no idea smokes. their mistake on their end i hired I spent, I spent about twenty thousand dollars in legal fees to fight it, and the attorneys couldn't get anywhere with it. So I just find I just paid it up. I was like, I had I have to cut my losses, so I ended up paying wow. well more than a hundred. I mean, think about it. If you made a hundred thousand dollars, I I paid a hundred and thirty thousand in taxes for two thousand and eight. That's the example there. I mean, it's just it, it frustrates me that the IRS is a bunch of in my mind, I don't care if they're listening. They're a bunch of bullies, man. <laughs> I mean, they just completely bullied my family out of, you know, who knows how many vacations we could have taken uh, during those years. And fr frankly, we didn't. We, we we decided to not spend any money and not, not have any fun during certain years to pay off that tax bill. And uh, I, I, I think this is key because I don't want anybody to run into the mistake that I ran into is I ended up hiring an attorney spending an additional $20,000 to get nowhere and then just had to pay off that tax bill. You know, otherwise the IRS is going to come in and put a lien on the house and, and, and or garnish wages and put their hands in your own bank account, which I've seen them do before. Thanks. And so, right. Yep. Yep. Don't, you, you don't want to run afoul of them and you want to try and do everything correctly. And that's why when we, we, we show clients things that they're allowed to do, part of what we also show them is making sure you dot those I's and cross those T's. So if you ever do get a question on it, you have the information already. You don't need to go back and try and find it. It's there. Right. Well, Craig, this has awesome. been very enlightening. Uh, do you have any closing yeah, thoughts with the listeners? For, for the listeners, uh, that is? No. Um, any closing thoughts? Just that you know, it's important to communicate. If, if you didn't get that out of this uh, call so far. Um, but um, you know, we're there to help you, and uh, there's plenty of good CPAs out there to help you. Awesome. Excellent. Thanks, Craig. So Craig, much. yep. It, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.